This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome in. We're going to be talking law and order this morning. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bullen is with us on this cold day, 20-something degrees outside. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Uh, and also, Lieutenant Clayton Williams is also here today. Clayton, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. And way back in the background is Larry Flowers. <laughs> who <laughs> he's, he's ready to jump in if, if we uh, hit a snag here. Our phone number, if you have a question for either, uh, 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. And uh, with this cold weather coupled with the coronavirus, is that creating any challenges for the Murfreesboro Police Department? Uh, Weather, not so much. Corona uh, continues to be a challenge. But uh, I look at where we were at. Uh, last year to where we are now it's it's you know it's just a known we know it's out there and we just have to operate uh safely and uh, make sure we limit our exposure so uh we're learning day by day like the entire country is and uh like i said we're just adjusting uh adjusting our operation to be able to work within those parameters and murfreesboro police are helping quite a bit in the vaccination area over at uh, the old state farm building uh that's that's got to be a challenge sometimes. <laughs> it is, it is. But, uh, you know, EMA uh, has been uh, instrumental in helping facilitate that. And uh, just the uh, entire county law enforcement agencies have uh, uh, played a role in making sure that those vaccination sites are properly staffed and that uh, things go smoothly, as uh, smoothly as possible. Now, as we look around, we've had a few robberies. Uh, is this just winter weather and idle time or is this just pretty much all through the year i think it's just uh uh, all through the year of course you get some instances where you have certain individuals uh committing uh, a certain group of crimes it's kind of going back to burglaries typically if you have a outbreak of burglaries typically you typically you'll have a few people responsible for it you do your investigation you uh, make arrests and then you'll see it typically die down but robberies are uh you know, I remember early on that we used to, there was a, we'd call it a robbery season. There was a certain time of year during the fall when we expected to see a, a, a influx of robbery uh, cases. But uh, I think now it's pretty consistent uh, throughout the year. Is that consistent because our community has grown to the size that it is, or have things changed? Uh, things have changed over time. Uh, I think that a lot of the trends that we see are not uncommon, and I think that there are a lot of trends that you see that are not actually just local trends. They're kind of national trends. So uh, I don't know that we're seeing anything unusual based on our community, uh, community our size, and what we're seeing elsewhere. Is the Neighborhood Watch program still popular, or has that 
changed. I don't know if you, I don't know if I'd uh, say if it's popular or not. I know that we still make that available. I know people still call in. I know people that are still interested in that program. And uh, by all means, if you if you want to take part in that, uh, well, we'll be happy to facilitate a meeting. Uh, one of the big things that has changed uh, since that program got put into place was uh, a lot of the social media. Uh, people are setting up neighborhood groups on their own. People are setting up uh, these video cameras in their home, and uh, they're having a lot of those discussions without uh, us actually facilitating a neighborhood watch, so to speak. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, with you mentioned these cameras, uh, not only surveillance cameras but doorbell cameras, right? And you're able to have videos of people attempting to break into garages, right? Taking packages from the front porches, things of that sort that we never had before. Yeah. Does that help you any? It does. It does. Uh, you'll you'll see a lot of times that uh, cameras that are in private businesses or private homes, things like that. We, if we can get access to it and uh, uh, add it to our investigative file, a lot of times it helps out greatly. We have a question here from a listener who says, as crimes move south from Davidson County. Uh, what type of things are you able to do to proactively implement uh, here in Murfreesboro? Any anything you are able to do to? Well, we're always trying to increase uh, the uh, ways that we conduct our investigations. One of the things we try to do is we try to speed up the, our abilities to process information. I know one of the biggest things that we have been uh, a part of uh, is the Niven system. Uh, uh, with the ballistic identification, uh, that's been a game changer for us. I know that uh, when it comes to fingerprinting and getting those results back uh, quicker, we try to uh, have our staff uh, do as much of the work as possible before that is actually uh, verif- or confirmed by the TBI. So there's a lot of things that we're trying to do to uh, just speed up our investigation. I remember uh, one time, uh, well, there's been more than one occasion where just uh, simply waiting on a fingerprint to come back uh, can result in an arrest. And then once you make that arrest, you'll see a, a crime trend in a certain neighborhood drop off. So the sooner you can get that information back and make those arrests and make those charges, uh, the better off you are. So that's the big thing. Is just uh, the, the big things we're trying to do is use the technology the best we can to uh, uh, help these investigators and in, in, in identifying these suspects quicker and getting these cases prosecuted prosecuted quicker. Now, one thing that I realize that Murfreesboro Police Department has done, especially with the move into your new facility, you have uh, a whole lot more technical abilities that you did not have previously. I mean, it's it's getting sort of close to the TV shows. I mean, not quite there. Not quite there. And, you know, we talk about uh, technology and information. And uh, one of the things that really help us a lot, and we've been very fortunate in this aspect, is partnerships. I don't think uh, people realize the role that uh, some of our federal partners have in, uh, in, in improving our investigative capabilities. Uh, we have a, a, a detective, uh, Jennifer West. She does data collection uh, at the police department, and uh, you know she received a lot of her uh, training through the Secret Service. And you know she's a she's a uh, a very capable person when it comes to data recovery, and uh, her training is uh, uh, ongoing. And uh, she uh, really contributes to solving a lot of cases. Now, it used to be unusual when you would have a local officer 
going off to Washington or some other location to take classes. That's not that unusual anymore, is it? It's pretty much uh, the normal expected thing. Yeah, pre-COVID, definitely, definitely. We would uh, make sure that we would uh, uh, take advantage of any of any training that we could, even if it meant sending uh, people to other places. Uh, we try to host as much as we can. We find a lot of times that if we are able to sponsor and host schools here, uh, a lot of times it results in uh, additional seating for our officers, uh, the opportunity for us to send uh, more officers uh, for the same amount of money. So we're, we're really working towards being kind of a I don't want to use well. I'm going to use the word training hub, so to speak, for mm-hmm. middle uh, middle Tennessee. Trying to just really host as much as we can locally, and uh, bring others into those uh, training opportunities from other agencies uh, nearby. Let's talk a little about. And we're just sort of putting these things out on the table, so as listeners hear about some of these things, maybe in the second half hour, if you have any specific questions about these issues, we can go farther into it. Uh, I was talking with some folks the other day about how the guns are being sold. Uh, About twice as many guns were sold last year as were sold the previous year. And I was talking with some folks who are uh, in the business of selling ammunition, and they said they just can't get enough of it. Uh, They can't get enough guns. They can't get enough ammo. And the ammo that they're getting is so expensive that uh, people aren't out uh, just target shooting for fun as much as they used to because it's uh, it's pretty costly. Right. Uh, have has that impacted the police department? First of all, uh, it's it's important for your staff to to stay uh, you know trained in, in weaponry. Right. Right. And, uh, and uh, without a doubt, uh, we saw it, I want to say, in 08. We saw it again in uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, somewhere around that time period. We saw some national shortages. Uh, I was reading an article the other day, and uh, I believe it was uh, one of the uh, head executives from uh, Federal, and they were talking about some of you know, the, uh, the issues surrounding uh, the the supply and demand right now and uh, it looks like this is going to be something that uh, persists for a little while. I know that you've had some major manufacturers uh, uh, Remington for example I know it's gone through some restructuring uh, and I know that some of those companies once they're, once they're back online hopefully they can uh, uh, start uh, increasing that supply Uh a lot of it started uh, prior to COVID. A lot of it's probably started around July, and uh, you're continuing to see it. And uh, you know, ammos, certain uh, pieces of ammos that were going for thirty cents uh, around are now going for a dollar something around, and it's just really, it's really a, a inflated market right now. Now, with all that being said, we do have a, uh, we do uh, put our ammo out for contracts. And our price, uh, our pricing stays consistent based on that contract. The big thing for us is the our suppliers have to have availability of that. Right now, we have uh, uh, the ability to purchase ammo that will suffice for our training, and hopefully get us through this uh, through this spell. Uh, right now, I think that we'll be good uh, for the foreseeable future and being able to uh, conduct our training and not uh, not lose anything. 
I know that uh, last week, I guess it was, uh, a major gun theft was reported in neighboring Franklin, Tennessee, at one of the stores there. Are you seeing an increase in weapons being stolen here in in this area? I don't think we're seeing an increase. Uh, I'm not familiar with the case in Franklin, but I don't know that we're seeing an increase. Do you know what business it was in Franklin? Uh, I can tell you it's it's uh, on our website. Let me open that up and check check it out. Uh, Franklin Gun Shop. Okay, I, I wasn't familiar with that one. Uh, Forty one weapons taken. Right, right, and it's not uncommon to see uh, places like that, uh, places that deal exclusively in firearms, uh, just because the volume of uh, firearms that they had get hit like that. Uh, we've had instances in the past where we've had uh, uh, dealers here broken into, but nothing that I can think of recently. Yeah, it's been, I know our neighbors in the Laverne, Smyrna area, they had uh, one like that a couple of years back that was kind of important. But, um, you know, the big thing where we see uh, larger quantities of weapons, it's not necessarily in one particular take, but uh, we're still having issues with people leaving handguns and cars unlocked. So, uh, and I talk with other agencies uh in the Middle Tennessee area, and they they say that's a, a common problem for them as well. So it's not just unique to Murfreesboro. So just uh, we don't we want to encourage folks that uh, the vehicle is not the best gun safe. So uh, if you if you can help us out with that, it'd be great. Now in those situations, I know we're talking about guns being more expensive nowadays, and there's a a big demand for them. Is is that usually when it's a weapon stolen from a car? Is that usually just because somebody accidentally left it in the car and the door was unlocked? Or did are you finding people are meaning to break into these cars to get guns? I think when the uh when the guns and cars thing first first started off, I'm sure that there were some folks uh in, in the criminal element that were aware of that, but most of the time now it's just a crime of opportunity. Um it's just a uh, open, get in the car, see what's in there. Anything that they can take, uh, small electronics, phones, purses, laptops. Um, a lot of times, people leave their work stuff in the car for the next day, and that's some of the things that are there. So, um, it, you know, if a gun is there, that's just a bonus. It's something to they can eat, try to move and sell or, or trade off quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not. I don't know that it's necessarily um, big spike or people know that they're targeting that, but I'm sure it's a it's a consideration. One of the trends today, especially brought on by the coronavirus and the pandemic, is the fact that more people are working from home than they ever did. That means the homes are occupied, (laughs) and burglars don't like to break into places that are occupied. Are you seeing a change in crime trends, uh, especially in neighborhoods? And does that make businesses more vulnerable to break-ins since a lot of times businesses are unoccupied? There's nobody in them. They're working remotely these days. I think it'll be interesting to see statistics uh, when we get closer into mid-year this year and we start looking back over 2020. And obviously uh, it's real easy to make that blanket statement of COVID, um, but we always you know when you're looking at statistics it's it's not really fair to assume that but it will be interesting to compare that with the prior year and then this year going forward um to see if there is any correlations of that i know um 
you know, it's the same way we're seeing a, a spike in retail theft right now. You know, somebody could say, well, that has to do with everybody wearing masks. You know, they've got their face covered. It's hard to tell who they are. Um, but, uh, you know, those those thefts are typically um, small items that people can just pick up and take with them every now and then. Uh, <clears throat> I know we've had some cases in the past with Lowe's and Home Depot, some of the power tool thefts that um, people were making large quantities of those. But, um, but yeah, it's is that a factor? I'm sure it probably plays in, but I don't know if it's something that, uh, you know, by itself would have occurred if it hadn't have been that way, if the mask hadn't been present. So, um, yeah, those numbers, we see it all, the, and we like to look at those and try to figure out ways, uh, you know, to combat some of those things. But uh, it's a uh, crime statistics are an interesting thing, and they fluctuate a lot uh, in a given year. I know, you know, as we talk about that, and uh, and all we can do is, is – take from that and come up with the best plan possible and then uh, look at the next year and see and uh, how effective it was. I'm glad you brought up about the mask because when I see the surveillance photos from uh, different crime scenes around this area, you look at that and you think, who could that be? I mean, uh, it's hard to tell. Even if they were your next-door neighbor, it's hard to identify them. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that created a, a problem in not only retail stores, but I'm thinking about banks. Uh, banks are not big on encouraging people to wear masks, usually, yeah. but now everybody's encouraged to wear a mask. What, what's this doing in banks? Well, I think... You know, banks, if, if you go back and look at historically, people that try to rob banks, they usually have some, most of the time, have some kind of disguise already or, or a full face mask or, you know, covering everything but their eyes. Um, so I don't know. We haven't had any uptick. In, well, I'm not even going to say that. I don't want to jinx us. But uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, the the mask, yes, it's, it's tough for somebody to pick somebody out um, just looking at that photo if they don't know them. But... I know a lot of times what happens with us is those folks that commit those crimes, a lot of times they go back and repeat those, and the people inside the business recognize them other than, you know, just this part of their face. There's something else, clothing, vehicle, uh, something they were wearing. Uh, A lot of times we get those tips that way. Or people that know those people, maybe they're friends with them on social media or seen them on social media. Um, So there again, I'm sure it makes it more difficult because, when you see that mask and everybody's wearing them, a lot of times that's just where your focus goes. Um, but like there again, it'll be interesting to see solvability rates where that where someone was wearing a mask, um, if it has an impact or not. Now, you, you mentioned something a minute ago that brought to mind all the great uh, crime TV shows, movies, and things of that sort. You said people identifying people, which immediately I thought of a lineup. And they're watching through this one-way mirror. Uh, they're hidden in another room looking. Do you do that at Murfreesboro Police Department? Is it like the movies? Not typically. Uh, we still use a photo array from time to time uh, where somebody will, you know, if we have a suspect, it'll be listed with uh, some photographs of some uh, similar likenesses and using people to pick those out. But that usually also goes with a lot of other th- things uh, to a confirm um a who the the person is and a if they committed this particular crime but it just goes to help make that case more solid if an independent witness can identify that person out of a group that are very similar and i've looked at them sometimes and 
our guys do a really good job um, of those uh, photo arrays and making sure that it's not obvious. Uh, there's a lot of characteristics similar. So, yeah, that's still used, but as far as the lineup goes, that's not something we see a lot here. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. When we come back, it'll be your part of the show. So if you have a question, the phone number to call, 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Start your weekdays with the early show from 4 to 6 a.m., followed by the Wake Up Crew from 6 to 7.50 on News Radio WGNS. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas' chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States. And you can order that soup online at DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den. Music World now is the dealer for Ernie Ball Sterling Guitars and Basses. This is a great new line of guitars and basses, and it's a fantastic complement to our Taylor Acoustics and our Paul Reed Smith Electrics. We've also got ESP LTDs, which are a fantastic line of guitars. This is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den on South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Still running slow over in Nashville on 24 westbound. Once you uh, approach uh, Briley Parkway, it runs slow all the way up to 440. What happened was an 18-wheeler, a flatbed 18-wheeler, was carrying some live turkeys earlier. It took that curve too strong on two, uh, 24 westbound onto I-40. It flipped over. The turkeys got loose. They were out there chasing them uh, about an hour ago. You should have seen it. It was really something to see. But they've got that under control, but traffic's still a mess on 24 westbound, approaching 440 over in Nashville. Hey, you never know when you might need a free up Last Bell Bonds, serving Davidson, Williamson, and Rutherford counties. I'm Commander Chuck, your on time traffic. Skies will become mostly sunny this afternoon with a high in the mid 40s. Winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies will blow near 24. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 26. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Truman Show, weekday mornings at 9. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen is with us. Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. The phone number again, 615-893-1450. 
that. You can talk or text on that. Talk or text, whichever you prefer. And we have a listener here who's texted us a question asking about uh, the price of shooting, the price of weapons. They said they used to really be involved in this as a hobby, but it's getting too expensive for them. Uh, And they're wondering if any of you see any changes in the future for this. Will it get back to normal, or is this part of the the new normal for us? I I referred to it earlier, and uh, like I said, uh, the Federal, who's a big manufacturer, uh, they had a article uh, from one of their head executives, and I wish I uh, it'd be something worth googling and just kind of seeing uh, what, as a manufacturer, what their take on is. I don't think there's, uh, from what I gathered from the article, there wasn't a uh, immediate relief insight. I think it's going to take some uh, some time throughout the year to get caught up. I want to say it, uh, I want to say that there's a, a billion dollars maybe in back orders for some of these companies. So uh, it's the it's the whole market thing. I think it's unpredictable, and I don't I I wouldn't know what opinion to give on that. We have a, another text from a listener who's asking about robberies. Uh, they say they are surprised at some of the large dollar volume that uh, are being stolen from local retailers, uh, and they're asking how in the world could somebody walk out of Walgreens. With four thousand dollars of merchandise, uh, what are they walking away with? Really expensive merchandise, or that is a lot of money. And that'd be my my guess is what are they exactly taking? Because I mean, I know that they have some probably some some fairly expensive items in there. Uh, yeah, the man, Larry he takes care of me. He's in. If you need to know anything, Larry knows it. Um, it looks like it was. Um, uh, perfume and cologne and some uh, uh, baskets that they put together so uh, also some cigarettes when they asked the cashier to get them they put them up on the counter and turned around and then they took off with it so i guess enough of those small bottles of cologne add up after and cigarettes add up so um, that's what it was here's a strange question a listener says we don't see any more uh, of the robberies uh, that used to be of uh, the female store here in town that used to be hit two or three times a week, it seems like. Suddenly that just ended. Uh, well, well they, made, they made some arrests in that case, uh, a couple of arrests, uh, and I think that was one thing that curtailed part of it. But I also think the store did some rearranging to try to make it a little bit less um make it more difficult for somebody to get past the door without paying um and they may have even i want to say they may have even done some their hired on security for a little bit um so yeah it was kind of a, a combination of both things uh, in that but we were able to make some arrests in those cases so. that brings up a good question because the police are able to see what people do see how they come into a business and everything do you and I know there was a while, uh, especially around Christmas, that you made it available to retailers where you would actually talk with them and have sessions on how to make your business uh, less apt to be a target of robbery. Can you help people still? Sure. We, anytime we get requests like that, we're glad to, um, you know, and it varies. There's not like a set 
practice or anything for one particular business, but uh, uh, we have people that kind of are trained in, uh, you know, Sergeant Scott Newberg, uh, uh, who formerly worked with SROs, and, and uh, he's done a lot of work with churches in the area, consulting with them, trying to help them develop a – and it's really just more of uh, helping them get a plan and, and teaching them how to put the plan in, in practice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, businesses, if there's somebody out there that uh, would like to talk about that, just contact us, and uh, we'll be glad to help any way we can uh, and, and provide some some information. And uh, then it's kind of once it's kind of like a neighborhood watch, similar situation, once we get those folks kind of the ideas and the principles and the pieces of what they need to get, then they kind of take it and, and just move it from there and scale it as they need to. Your facility, the Murfreesboro Police Department facility on North Highland, uh, is a fantastic location to offer classes. Is is this where you're doing this? Well, and a lot of times it's not necessarily classes. Um, I know with um, with the churches that he worked with a couple years back, a lot of times um, he would actually go on site and uh, because a lot of it has to do with the the specific facility uh, to make those kind of recommendations and, and how things would work for that particular area. So, um, so yeah, it's not it's it's case by case basis, and depending on what the need is and what the uh, the facility is and what the overall goal is. Very good. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You can talk or text, whichever you prefer. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. We're talking law and order these days uh, things are changing uh, and and who knows whether they will be permanently changing or not a lot of folks we mentioned a little bit ago about people doing a lot of their work from home and from what uh, it looks uh, that may be uh, an ongoing trend uh, some of the businesses are vacating their concrete uh, and mortar uh, structures on a permanent basis. Uh, in fact, I, I think State Farm has announced that they're going to be moving out of there, and folks are trying to determine what can be, uh, what can that facility be used for? Mm. Uh, short-term facility for uh, vaccinating people on coronavirus, but that's not a long-term deal. Right. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. That is our number. And we're talking law and order here in the heart of Tennessee. Uh, do we have any particular issues uh, with all the people coming in from Nashville? I know that Nashville has gotten a bad rap on increasing taxes and people moving into Rutherford County. As people move in, do we see more crimes coming with those moves? We'd have to reevaluate it uh again i can tell you of course anytime you have an increase in population you're going to have a increase in crime and incidents crime incidents uh from the last few uh times that we looked back it didn't look like the per capita rate was changing a lot so the number of uh, incidents per thousand was remaining pretty consistent i know that uh here uh hopefully what next month uh, we'll see the uh, the state-wide uh, crime report, and that's uh, good information because it not only lets you see your city. Most most chiefs uh, 
and departments take care of uh, monitoring their activity in their own city. But uh, we'll also be able to see other cities of comparable sizes in Tennessee. I know we had a recent chiefs meeting, and some of the things they were talking about uh, were some of the trends to be uh, uh, expected to be seen on these current reports. And uh, a lot of it was uh, statewide. It wasn't just uh, uh, limited to any locale. So when we look at that uh, information when it comes out here in the near future, we'll we'll really pay attention and see what we need to address uh, as far as our future uh, efforts. I think that with the, going back to what I said previously, I think the per capita incidents really haven't changed a lot. Of course, you're always going to see the number of incidents increase just based due to the population going up. Here's another question here. This one says, after a lot of calls and questions about uh, people running uh, stop signs at the intersection of Hamilton Drive and Clark, are there any updates, uh, any signage changes uh, speed bumps. There was talk about speed bumps at one time. Uh, what has been decided? Uh, Hamilton Clark, we actually committed some resources there. There was the Hamilton and Clark, and then there was Hamilton. Uh, when you come off of Broad Street, there were some uh, uh, complaints about people speeding there, and that's a, that, that's a tough roadway. I can tell you that I purposely drive through there quite a bit myself just to, just to see what's going on at that intersection. I know that we will uh, that we've uh, committed people to uh, sitting and monitoring that intersection, and uh, I think that uh, we'll continue to do so. I don't know that we're writing a a lot of citations. I don't know that we're seeing a lot of violations uh, at that particular intersection, but it, uh, it's definitely something that we'll revisit from time to time, make sure we're not missing something. But I think the signage is what it is. It's a four-way stop. It's, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is the difference there because it's a, it's pretty wide open. I mean, right. there's nothing, I don't think, hidden. Right. Uh, the signs are visible. Uh, what are some people just running through the signs and not stopping at all uh, apparently that's that's the issue is people are not coming to a complete stop when they're coming through that intersection and like i said I've, I've, i make it a habit to drive through there frequently when i'm out and about and kind of monitor what's going on and uh, uh believe me if i see somebody running it i will take appropriate action but uh to this date i have not so I know historically we will see an uptick in crashes there when either it's raining or wet just because some people, and for the same reason to do other places, people just don't take enough time to stop. And since it is a four-way intersection, um, the oil on the road kind of builds up until it rains again. So when you're coming from, say, uh, Jones Boulevard side on Clark, there's a little bit of a downgrade, and if people don't start to stop quick enough, they'll slide into <clears throat> the person in front of them or in maybe even into the intersection but that's historically where we see if uh, a pickup and crashes there uh, so and those that's more rain more attributed to the weather than and driving habits than it is the stop sign and, and that can be seen uh, on various roadways just uh, like uh, lieutenant was saying uh, you get that buildup of grime and uh, d- uh, dirt dust whatever you want to call it on the roadways when it rains it often it often makes roadways slick uh and uh, it's probably not just isolated to that one intersection. It's probably seen at various intersections throughout the city. You know, you got to understand we're 50-something square miles. 64. And, uh, 64. Uh, I stand corrected. Uh, but uh, the, 
so there's there's a lot of things and like i said if you know of issues bring it to our attention we'll look at it we'll definitely monitor it and uh if there's anything we can do about it we will uh take appropriate action uh and the person texted back and said most of the time the traffic is from jones to the intersection we have a phone call here good morning you're on wgns whoops didn't get that one okay uh, call us back, and uh, but you have to have a little bit of patience. Uh, our phone number again, 615-893-1450. We will put you on hold uh, until we finish the subject we're on, and then we'll be happy to get back. You know, Bart, going back to that four-way stop sign, one of the things that's been uh, encouraging over the past, uh, Lieutenant Williams, what, two years? Uh, the partnership with THP. Roughly. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, that's been a pretty good effort. Uh, combined uh, uh, agencies, with along with THP, have uh, really been going out and trying to address uh, the the serious issues that uh, we see uh, that contribute to crashes, distracted driving, things like that. And you'll see us a lot of times, and and uh, I think they're pretty clear about advertising where they're going to be and what we're going to be enforcing on that particular day uh, as a means to bring attention to distracted driving. Or, or other uh, violations that well they're of concern. Uh, so that partnership uh, kind of got slowed down during COVID, but uh, we're going to start picking that back up, and then hopefully a lot of these traffic safety issues be able to address them, and and not only just do it through enforcement, through education and information as well. A uh, person here is uh, saying they love to ride their bikes, and Murfreesboro is a great place because of the greenway system and the bike lanes along the roadways. They say that it's a little cold right now, but uh, in the next uh, several weeks, the weather's hopefully going to change, and they'll be out riding more. Uh, and they're wondering, will there be any more patrolling of the bike lanes? Because uh, right now, they say they see cars driving in the bike lanes for sometimes a block or so to turn onto a street. Uh, there are no bicycles, obviously, on those bike lanes right now, but uh, give us a few weeks, and everybody will be out uh, the first warm day, I guess. Yeah, and, and the thing about bike lanes is uh, an officer patrolling a zone, I mean, when they're on a roadway, uh, Thompson Lane, for example, where there are bike lanes, they're not only looking for bike lane violations, they're looking for other types of violations. So I think that it's always uh, something that people are, are, are looking for. Uh I know Thompson Lane is probably where we probably get the uh, highest amounts of complaints, and uh, you're right, as uh, as spring approaches, that's probably something that uh, we need to just remind uh, staff of to be uh, observant and watch for those violations. You know, just as observing things, it, it's almost that it's not strictly the bike lanes where problems are. People are just not aware or they don't think about where do you pull in to change lanes. If you're getting ready to turn and you're in a center lane, uh, there's usually a place marked where you can get into that center lane. Uh, But people will drive down that center lane for a long period of time. Exactly. And uh, going back to the bike lanes, especially like uh, Thompson Lane, uh, right there at uh, Riverview, uh, you've seen that traffic in the afternoon and I think people just get impatient because if you if somebody stopped, uh, say, on Thompson Lane heading towards Broad to make a left turn into Riverview and you've got traffic coming out of the way, they could be there 
a long time before they're able to make that left turn. And I think people uh, just get impatient, and that's when they start using those bike lanes to to speed things up and uh, and shouldn't be doing that. And uh, uh, I know that's one of the places that we get uh, one of the, uh, some of the uh, more common complaints. So. What kind of fine do they get? I mean, if they knew that they were going to get a ticket, would it be a sizable enough that would get their attention? <clears throat> it's um, it'd be a lane violation, or they could do improper passing. Um, I believe those start out at a hundred and I think it's one thirty six. I think's where the fines start, and then go up from there. What makes them go up? Depending on what the judge decides to do okay. with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know if it was speed uh, of the vehicle. No, or what? <laughs> that that was just a flat rate, unless he decides something else. So okay, and, and you know, of course, you know, the, the big factor with all these things is it's not so much the fine. Uh, nobody wants to pay fine, but it's the points on your record for some of these violations that you don't want. Uh, uh, so uh, just be observant, pay yeah. attention to signage the best you can, and try to avoid making those mistakes. We're going to check on the traffic and weather. We'll be right back. We're going to pull Larry Flowers over here. He he can't uh, be the flower on the wall today. (laughs) We'll be right back. We break in with traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hi, this is Taylor with Bell Jewelers and bought a new to come shop with us. Valentine's is fast approaching, so come shop with us at Bell Jewelers. Some of the perfect Valentine's gifts are anything from a heart set pair of earrings and necklaces to diamond solitaire earrings to even maybe a Valentine's Day proposal. The best way to say happy Valentine's is through Bell Jewelers. 821 Northwest Broad Street across from Toots. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. I was sent first to radio school. Then when I finished that, I was sent to Yuma, Arizona to gunnery school. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. And here we started out with shotguns on the back of a pickup truck standing up, and we fired at discs thrown out, went around a big circle. We went from that to a place where we sat, and they showed pictures of airplanes coming out of the side and front and so forth, and we fired a light gun at these. Then they sent me to Savannah, Georgia, and there we met the crew that we would fly with. Dr. Howard was in the U.S. Air Force. November of 1943, we got on the Ile de France, the old iconic luxury ship. I was uh, 13 floors down from the top. It was very uh, sickening and very hot. Bad, slept in a hammock. It took us quite a few days to get across. Oh, I was sick almost all the time. So was everybody else. But uh, we finally docked right out of Glasgow, Scotland. We got in a truck and drove to a place called Defum Green. That was a little village, and all around this village was the base, 452nd Palm Group. And that was my assignment. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. 
it is important that we honor our American veterans every day. That's why Family Staffing Solutions takes great pride in saluting our local veterans here in Rutherford County. Veterans, we thank you and your story matters to us. Family Staffing Solutions, stay independent at home and in charge. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Welcome back. Make it a point to let the advertisers you hear on WGNS, let them know you heard about them right here on your good neighbor station especially those making possible our tribute to veterans. Larry Flowers with us now. And uh, Larry, I guess one of the big cases that comes to mind around here is the recent vehicle theft from Enterprise Auto Rentals. Tell us about that. Yeah, Bart, back on uh, January 17th over at the Enterprise Rental on Northwest Broad Street, um, the uh, there were two people, a female and a male, that drove there in a, in a dark colored vehicle, and somehow they were able to get into the lockbox where the keys are kept, and they got the keys to all seven vehicles, and um, they would drive away and come back and uh, steal another vehicle, and they did that until all seven vehicles were gone, and these were you know fairly new vehicles, 2020 models, and they were able to get away so that case is still under investigation detective ed gorham is currently uh you know seeking the public's help and trying to identify them so i know you have the uh, story posted as well as the video on your web page and we have that on um all the mpd social media pages so we encourage people to go and uh take a look at that video again and see if they recognize those two people uh, that stole those vehicles Check that information out, and, and this is one of those situations where you clearly see the perpetrators, and, and you may know them. Right, and, and uh, Enterprise did have some really good video uh, surveillance video, so uh, why, although the video is not quite clear, it's, it's pretty good video, so somebody who knows those two individuals should be able to identify them, and if uh, you can, you can give... Detective Ed Gorma called at 629-201-5507, and he would appreciate a call if you can help out with that investigation. Very good. Uh, also, uh, Chief Bowen, I understand that Murfreesboro Police are hiring now. We are, and uh, typically we hire in two ways. Uh, we hire through uh, uh, certified postings, and basically you have to have a current certification with a, another uh sanctioning body uh, and it can be from anywhere uh, throughout the country or we will post to have a uh, classes for people that uh, have no background in law enforcement uh, know that our lateral we call it a, a lateral class that posting remains uh, on the city's website so people are able to go on at any time and uh, apply for a job and like I said, in, that, in, in this particular case, it's if you have a current uh, police officer certification through post or another uh, body uh, outside the state of Tennessee, uh, we will interview. Uh, we've kind of revamped our hiring process to where we can interview quicker. We can get people uh, in, uh, especially people with certifications. We can get people in and through the process, start up in the process a lot quicker. I know that there are a lot of people that are 
uh, from other states that are uh, looking at our agency. So if you know anybody that's uh, thinking about relocating to Murfreesboro and are in the law enforcement field and uh, uh, want to look at our lateral uh, openings, uh, I'd encourage them to do so. And then we have staff uh, that can answer any questions that they might have. we were fortunate uh, last fall to get the addition of 19. Uh, council approved us for 19 new positions. So uh, one of the uh, uh, things that we're uh, trying to deal with right now is just to get those positions filled in a timely manner. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, it would be great if you can uh, help uh, spread the word on those openings. And if you know anybody that's interested, that's interested just have them apply with us. Very good. So openings available right now. 19 new officers being sought. Right, right. Those are new positions. And, of course, we have some additional positions just due to uh, normal turnover. So uh, we'll have to fill those as well. Now, if a person has military background, would that be good for them without police background? Now, for the lateral positions, for the normal postings, when we do the police officer posting, uh, it would be appropriate in those situations. For the lateral positions that we do, uh, we keep that open uh, year-round, you would have to be certified uh, as a law enforcement in another place. And what that does, uh, uh, if you have a certification from another state, if you uh, fall within the right parameters, we're able to get you through a a shortened school, a transition school through the state versus having to go back through the full academy. Our guest this morning, Chief Michael Bowen, Lieutenant Clayton Williams, and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers.